Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Coco Express Show Network's Etiquette is Essential series of shows. This is part three. I'm not sure if there'll be a part four, but I believe that there should be. I'm your host, and let me just give you a little overview about how this began. I started off doing these particular kinds of etiquette workshops through the Village Mirror Etiquette Program, which was a mentoring program that I was gearing towards the inner city youth. And I learned a great deal, and I had to suspend my um, um, outward workshops because of some, um, I just was having a real hard time trying to uh, secure locations to be able to handle the amount of workshops that I wanted to present. So I decided to use a different platform, which is a podcast. I can reach people. I can send this out and all of my students who participate in the other workshops will be able to have the opportunity to tune in and listen to some more um, tidbits of information that they may need to go forth as they pursue whatever it is that they decided they want to pursue in their lives so they can have a leg up socially and feel confident as they're doing it. Now, today's episode is going to talk about the history of the handshake and how to make proper introductions. The previous two workshops that I did, and I hope you had the opportunity to tune in, had to do with the origins of etiquette. And then we talked about the last episode, we talked about uh, manners and civility and etiquette, as well as um, sitting up Proper, proper posture, sitting up straight, and um, looking someone directly in the eye when you speak to them. We also uncovered some information that I found in a survey, which kind of gave you a good understanding and a grasp of the importance of etiquette in the lives of our youth. So I want to move forward now and continue this particular dialogue with you and discuss the history of the handshake. And from there, we'll move forward to modern day applications of the handshake in our everyday encounters. The handshake. The handshake has existed in some form or another for thousands of years, but it's the beginnings, its origins are kind of fuzzy, you know. One popular theory is that the gesture began as a way of conveying peaceful intentions. By extending the empty empty right hand, strangers could show that they were not holding a weapon and bore no ill will towards one another. Some even suggested that the shaking up and down motion of the handshake was supposed to dislodge any knives or daggers that might be hidden up a sleeve. And hence, this is where you get the saying, I wonder what he or she has up her sleeve. Because back in the day, they had weapons that they would carry in their sleeves because they didn't wear really tight-fitting clothes. Their clothes were very um, well-tailored and layered, so they had the opportunity to hide things in their sleeves. Moving forward, another explanation is that the handshake was a symbol of good faith when making an oath or a promise. When individuals clasped hands, they showed that there were um, they showed that their words were a sacred bond. And um, let's see, an historian Walter Burkett once explained it this way, but only but is only made effective by a ritual gesture: open, weaponless hands stretched out towards one another, grasping each other in a mutual handshake. 
And that is one of the ways. And another, it, and it's also said that an agreement can be expressed quickly and clearly in words. But, like he said, is only made effective by a ritual gesture. Open, weaponless hands stretched out towards one another, grasping each other in a mutual handshake. And that's how you get a lot of business agreements are done with the handshake um, back in the day. Because in a lot of um, cases, people couldn't read or write. And so they made um, agreements with handshakes and business deals were solidified through a handshake. Let's move forward. One of the earliest depictions of a handshake was found in the 9th century B.C., which shows the Assyrian king pressing the flesh with the Babylonian ruler to seal an alliance. The epic poet Homer, and I hope some of you get the opportunity or have had the opportunity to read some of his books, the Iliad and the Odyssey. Um, the Odyssey was made um, was made into a movie, and Vanessa Williams she played um, one of the the goddesses in that role. And if you get a chance to watch that movie, um, check it out because it's really good. Now I'm going to just move forward in the, and Homer's the Iliad and Odyssey most often in relation to pledges and displays of trust. So the handshake was used most often, um, often in relation to pledges and displays of trust. The gesture was also recurring, a recurring motive in the fourth and fifth century BC Greek funerary arts. Gravestones would often depict the deceased person shaking hands with a member of their family, signifying either a final farewell or the eternal bond between the living and the dead. Now, in ancient Rome, meanwhile, the handshake was often used as a symbol of friendship and loyalty. Pairs of clasped hands appeared on Roman coins. While the handshake has several meanings in the ancient world, its uses as an everyday greeting is more like what we do now. It's a recent phenomenon. Some historians believe it was popularized by the 17th century Quakers who viewed a simple hand clasp as a more egalitarian alternative to bowing or tipping a hat. The greeting later became commonplace by the 1800s, and etiquette manuals often included guidelines for proper handshaking technique. As is often suggested today, the Victorian handshake was supposed to be firm but not overly strong. In one 1877 guide, the council its readers that a gentleman who rudely presses the hand offered him in salutation or too violently shakes it ought never to have an opportunity to repeat this offense. Now check that out. It seems as though um, the people in earlier times, in the 1800s and before that, they had very strong convictions and if someone offended them they didn't get a second chance to do it again and you know that is then now we have different rules and 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 it's fuzzy and it's the gray area and all these different things for them it was black and white but for us it's different now this is something that I really found extremely fascinating and I wanted to share this too there are 10 types of handshakes 
and the top 10 handshake types and what they reveal about Dr. Reveal about you is in a book by Dr. Gregory Stebbins. It's called People Savvy. He claims to help us understand the people side of sales writing and um and recruit in his recruitment blog. I'm messing this up now. I was so excited to share this with you. And um he and Stebbins identifies 10 types of handshakes and what they reveal about the person and how you can use this knowledge to your advantage. Now, what did we talk about? Etiquette is a way for you to gain access into certain doors that would normally be closed to you. So as much knowledge and understanding as you can gain, you can use that to your advantage. You're not taking advantage of anyone, but you're just gaining understanding and you're observing how you can insert yourself in a situation without being offensive. So let's check out the 10 types of handshakes that he mentions. The first, sweaty palms. When a person is nervous, their sympathetic nervous system often becomes overactive, sometimes resulting in sweating, sweaty palms. Do what you can to put this individual at ease. Okay? So sweaty palms equates nervousness. Simple. Number two. Dead fish. Indifferent handshakes that feel like the person has no bones in their hands often indicate a passive or reserved personality. This handshake ranks as the number two least favorite. Individuals with this type of clasp are generally not people, uh, not people focused. Knowing this, you can tailor your presentation to be de- to de-emphasize the people aspect and focus more on the mechanical or thing-focused benefits. Exceptions to this rule might be musicians and surgeons whose livelihood depends on sensitive hands and who are therefore reluctant to open up to a bone crusher. We'll get to what a bone crusher is. Number three. Brush off. This handshake type is a quick grasp and then a release that feels like your hand is being shoved aside. This handshake is a statement of it's my turf and my agenda that matters. Yours doesn't. In this case, listen first to what the person wants before talking about your ideals for them. Number four, the controller. You feel your hand being pulled towards the person or strongly guided in a different direction, perhaps towards a chair. People who do this are controllers. This means that they want to dominate an inanimate or adamant object in the room, and that would include you. If your goals are different than theirs, there may be a challenge ahead or challenges. Do more listening than talking and see if you can find common ground so these individuals can control the situation towards your desired objective. And number five, the politician. Your hands are firmly grasped and in a normal handshake. However, their other hand may cover yours 
or be placed on your forearm or shoulder. Unless the two of you are good friends, this is a form of false sincerity. The person is attempting to communicate that the two of you have a deeper relationship than you actually have. After receiving this kind of handshake, I recommend you check your pockets or your purse to see if anything is missing. Be cautious about relying on this person's word for anything and be attentive to your dealings with them. Take heed to that one. We're in a, uh, you know, we're coming up to elections times. <laughs> I'm joking. The finger, the finger vice. That's number six, the finger vice. When someone grabs your finger and not your entire hand, it is meant to keep you at a distance. These people are often insecure. If they also crush your fingers, they are adding a show of personal power, which is also designed to keep you at a distance or at least create some, create some fear of challenging them. I wouldn't recommend um, becoming submissive. However, it would serve your purpose to be somewhat differential to them. Now, this one I've experienced several times, number seven, the bone crusher. The message of squeezing your hand until you cringe is clearly designed to intimidate you. Even when the person may not know how strong they are, there is still a message of intimidation and power behind the grip. You don't have to pretend to be a wimp with them. And in fact, they may respond positively to you if you present yourself with strength. Just don't give into a hand squeezing contest when you're when you shake because then it becomes a competition and even if you win you'll still lose. Now I've had this happen to me several times from the opposite sex. And I have to tell you two times I felt like my hand was going to break. And I never let that person have the opportunity to shake my hand again. I in fact I would walk past them if the opportunity was presented to shake the hand for any reason. And simply stated, if a man is squeezing a woman's hand that tight to the point where he is um, hurting her, it's purposeful. And you want nothing to do with that kind of person whatsoever. And it is correct. If you do go into hand squeezing contests, um, when you shake with them, you will you will lose in the end. So your best course of action, just step step aside when you see them coming. Don't even give him the opportunity. Number eight, the lobster claw. Like the claw of a lobster, the other person's thumb and finger touches the palm of your hand. The person doing the, the, the person doing this fears connecting at a deep level and may have challenges building relationships. Take your time. Allow them to open up at their own pace. Also, they become more comfortable with, with you when they become more comfortable with you, the handshake may actually change. Once they fully accept you, they can become a client or a friend or um, associate for life. Nine, the hand wrestler. Your hand is taken normally and then twisted under the person's. Under the other person's hand. This is usually done aggressively. Be very careful with your own presentation as this person is absolutely committed to being on top regardless of what they say they want. So be mindful. And the last one, number 10, is the teacup. 
this handshake feels normal except there is no palm to palm contact. The other person's palm is cupped like a teacup. His handshake indicates that the person is hiding something from you. It might be a serious case of shyness or it could be something more substantial. Always check for missing information when working with this individual. Now I have to be totally honest with you. I wish I would have had this kind of information when I was starting out in my career because it would have made so much sense and it would give me the opportunity to have a heads up with different individuals that I've had to come in contact with because much of this is true. There have been instances where I've shaken someone's hand and got an eerie feeling or the handshake just didn't feel right or there was something uncomfortable about it. And those intuitive feelings were guiding me in the right, um, the right direction in regards to the person's character. So, you know, when you are shaking someone's hands, make sure your intent is clear. It is an introduction. Shake their hands with a strong handshake but not a bone crushing kind of handshake make sure if you're nervous you know wipe your hands on your uh, you know on your uh, your suit pant or something if possible before you shake someone's hands or when you get to an event and you know you're gonna have to do a lot of handshaking and you're nervous go to the restroom that's my get out of you know get out of dodge card go to the restroom wash your hands dry your hands really quickly and then move forward with your um regular engagements with the individuals you're going to meet. And I mean, you should be able to, um, you know, move really effortlessly through this as long as you follow some of the, um, the tidbits that have been presented to you in this particular section of the episode. Now we're going to move forward to introductions. Okay. So, Introducing others. When you are with two or more people who do not know each other, the proper thing is to introduce them. You have, you don't have to make it a big ordeal, but it's nice to have some basic guidelines to follow. After you've practiced this a few times, you'll grow more comfortable in real life situations. And that's what I do. If you need to, you can um, introduce your mother to your father. You can introduce your sister to the dog. This is just practice introdu- introducing people, and you'll become so accustomed to it that it'll become second nature, and you'll be very confident when you go out into different social situations as well as professional situations, and you'll be fine. Now, here are some guidelines that you need to follow in regards to introductions because there are rules and guidelines to everything on the planet. If you know the ages of people, present the younger person to the older person. I wrote, I wrote about this in one of my articles in Modelocity Online magazine. Check out that magazine. It's, it's really interesting. Although it's about the, um, the modeling and, and fashion industry, it has so much important information in there that could help and benefit you um, in your career. You would be so surprised. It's modelocityonline.com. Now, if, for example, if you are introducing your young friend to the older woman next door, you may say something like, Mrs. Riley, I would like for you to meet my friend Louise. If you're unsure of their names or if they are about the same age, 
just say, Joanna, this is Alexa from accounting. Alexa, Joanna, and I have been working on a project together. Be sure that you speak clearly so people can understand you. Introductions should be easy to hear and understand so people can call each other by their names later. Instead of uh, uh, um, a young lady from accounting, they can say Alexa. That's it. It's that simple. Offer Offer additional information about the people. During the introduction, offer more than their name. You might share that, you know, you're related to one of the people or you've worked with someone. It helps others to have a point of reference so they know who they are meeting. It also gives them a topic to start a conversation. And that's what the introduction is for. You introduce someone and then you can engage in conversation. So this is the conversation starter which is good, and it takes a lot of the pressure off you of thinking of a topic other like, uh, so isn't this weather something really odd? Those kind of questions, you know, don't have to exist when you've done a proper introduction. Now, don't be afraid to ask for someone's name. And this is something I think a lot of people shy away from because they're really um, embarrassed, but there's no need to be. Check this out. There will be times when you don't know someone's name, but you need to introduce them to another person. Offer your name, ask for his name, and then quickly move on to the introduction. You can say something like, I remember meeting you last year, but I can't recall your name. I'm Grace, and this is my sister Hazel. If the person has good manners, they will state his or her name at that time. If he he or or she doesn't, you can say, I'm sorry, but I didn't catch your name. Period. That's it. Done. End of that scenario. Now, being introduced is another aspect. Similar rules apply when you are the one being introduced to someone you don't know. Here are some tips on what to do and say. This is going to sound familiar. Stand and face the person. This puts you at eye level. Makes it easier to shake hands and encourages conversation. If someone is unable to stand, lean down to his or her level. One, two, offer a kind expression, smile and make eye contact with the person you are meeting to show that you are a friendly person. Three, shake the person's hand, offer a firm but not crushing handshake. Do not hold on to the person's hand after the handshake. Four. Offer a pleasant greeting. Sometimes simple to say is a formal setting. Simple to say in a formal setting is, I am pleased to meet you, Mr. Blair. And if you were really listening very carefully, you will have noticed that the things that we discussed in lesson one and two are repeated right here and how they are applied. So this is showing you how the things that we discussed are applied in everyday situations and scenarios. Now we're going to talk about first impressions, and this is just going to kind of dial into what we were discussing in the past two lessons as well. First impressions. The old saying that first impressions are the most important is so true. Please take my word for it. Trust and believe. Yes, that is so true. People will remember the first time they meet you 
as and long after the introduction. So make sure you are open, friendly, and pleasant. And don't be like me and have a blunder that people will never forget. I once was entering a room and I kind of tripped and fell. And people remembered me as the girl who busted in the door. <laughs> it was funny. And I used that as part of my part of my introduction. So I tried to turn um, lemons into lemonade by saying, oh, hi, my name is Aurelia. I'm the one that fell in the door. And they all laughed. And they remembered me from that point going forward. I didn't, you know, make it a, a horrifying experience. I just used it to make humor of it because sometimes you just have to laugh at yourself. And when you show that kind of side of yourself, people tend to see that you are a sincere, honest person. And they are more open and receptive to you as well. Now, here are some additional tips on how to make a good first impression. Maintain eye contact. Avoid looking, wait, avoiding looking someone in the eye makes you appear untrustworthy. Didn't we hear this before? Weak or lacking of confidence or lacking confidence. Didn't we talk about this in the last episode about looking people in the eye and the episode before that about looking people in the eye and giving them the impression um, that you are untrustworthy when you don't look them in the eye? This is so important and key to your first impression. Return the handshake. Not accepting someone's handshake is rude. If you are wearing gloves and it is not too awkward to do, remove the one on your right hand before shaking hands. Say something pleasant. You may compliment the person. Comment on the weather or say something nice about the person making the introduction. Whatever you say doesn't have to be long, but it should be sincere. It's a pleasure meeting you. Oh, that is a lovely dress you're wearing. It is such a pleasure meeting you. That is a lovely dress you're wearing. Or me, I'm a shoe person. Oop, I love those shoes. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. Hi, my name is Aurelia. There you go. Now, introductions in casual settings is always a little different because you are in a um, casual environment and more than likely, you know most of the people in the room. However, if you're in a more casual setting, a formal introduction isn't necessary. You should still loosely follow the basic pattern of presenting the younger person to the older one. If you're at a ball game, it might be impossible to shake hands or make casual conversation. Eye contact, a, a warm smile, and friendly wave might be more appropriate and less awkward if there are a couple of people sitting on the bleachers between you. Now, these are all the things that come together. They complement each other. Um, when you are out in the world today, they incorporated manners, civility, and etiquette. We talked about the handshake. We talked about um, introductions. These are all important things that you need when you are just out and about on your journey. It could be a career journey. Um, it could be an educational journey. It could just be um, out and about just exposing yourself to the world. And you want that exposure to be the most positive exposure possible because you never know who you're going to meet and how you're going to revisit these people or see them again in the future. Now, that's going to be the end of our show for today. I really, truly hope that you enjoyed this segment. And 
please tune in next week because we're going to talk about the table. We've done this before, but I really want to talk about the table in the same manner that we've talked about um, these particular things, um, manners, civility, and etiquette. So we want to put that to the test at the table. Be well. God bless. And always remember that etiquette is essential. Thank you. Bye.